Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay, I come to you again. Um, this is going to be part number four of One World Government 666, dealing with the mark of the beast. I trust that understanding have been coming to us as we listen and go through these materials. And the major reason is to get the fears of all that is going on, this conspiracy theories out of our mind, and live the life that God has ordained for us. Knowing fully well that he is completely in charge of the universe. No matter what happens, no matter what's going on, God is still on the throne. Amen. All right. Okay. Now, we see the little Revelation 13. So, we start with Revelation 13, 16 through 18. So, I said, And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bound, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. These two places. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that hath the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And verse 18 says, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. Hallelujah. Okay. In the last broadcast, we tried to make us see how the whole thing tallied up into the papacy and then the Roman power as at that time. But today, we want to look beyond the Pope. Just to let you know that this thing is not just what it was, and that even at this moment, you can also be partaking of this mark, unknown to you. Looking beyond the Pope. All right. If you look at Revelation 10 verse 1, it says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Now remember, the sea is always referring to humanity as a whole. And so James will say, I mean, uh, Jude will talk about those who are foaming up their own shame, raging wave of the sea. I just want to remind you of that. So when a beast rises up, it means a government or a power came out of humanity. Not the Atlantic Ocean, not the India Ocean, but from among humanity. That's what he's talking about when he says, I saw a beast rise up, a government, a power, an institution that comes into prominence. And he said, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the names of blasphemy. Uh, speaking things that are contrary uh, to, 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 the, to the life and the power and the principle of God. That's what it means to blaspheme. Alright. Now, the issue of not buying and selling with the mark of the beast doesn't end with the Pope. And his alliance with the Roman Empire. Men have been trying to find the beast have set up more confusion. I mean, people are trying to identify who the beast is, trying in various forms to find out who the beast is. In fact, this has brought more confusion to the body. For instance, 
Sir Isaac Newton says the Greek church is a beast. Galway says it is the French Republic. Fish, F-I-S-H, says it is the Jesuits. Muterius think it refers to be the Roman theologians. Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, says it is the heathen priesthood. Whereas, Hence the bench says is the earthly carnal wisdom, including the heaven philosophers and false doctrine. Hallelujah. For me, has the bench is nearer the truth than them all. Amen. Otherwise, what else can best describe the beast whose identity is completely that of Satan? Now observe this. The beast is described as having seven horns, I mean seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. Revelation 12 verse 3. It is simply, 13 3, it simply means this beast received the completeness of his power from Satan. And the dragon gave him his power. Revelation 13 2. Can you get that? The dragon gave him his power. But this this beast is having complete dominion, complete power. Because you see, you've got to get the significance of the seven hairs, the ten horns, and the ten crowns. Now, we do know that head and horns speaks of authority and destructive powers. Crowns are badges of royal dominion. So, 7 and 10, being biblical symbol of completeness, means there is the complete destructive power of Satan that he exalts over the nations and tongues through men. Remember, the business is over nations and tongues and tribes. You got to understand that. This is very, very critical. Is that okay? So it's not just the Roman Empire. This has gone beyond Roman Empire. So now, we also do know that Satan, who is spirit, John 12, 31, that walks through men, Ephesians 2, verse 2, does not have literal heads and horns. Forget about the picture that I painted for you. When you see all of these pictures in magazines and some books, you see Satan with horns, with tails, and all of those things. These are just pictures and imaginations that the artists are creating from what they read from the Bible. Satan is spirit. Is that okay? It's not a figure to have all those kind of features that you're talking about. And most of them they are taking from the book of Revelation. In fact, this passage has been confusing men and misleading men right from time. Even the artists. And so in Revelation 17 verse 3 we read, A woman sit upon a scholar colored beast. Scarlet colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, have seven heads and ten horns, and here is a mind which has wisdom. Listen closely. The seven heads and seven mountains on which this woman seated, and the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings. Period. That's Revelation 17, 3, 8, and then to 12. Did you get that? The seven heads are seven mountains, which are kingdoms, on which this woman seated, and the seven, the ten tons, how I many ten horns, 
with the sword are ten kings. So we're talking of literal people, not just some figurative things. Is that alright? Praise the Lord. Now, the entire context of Revelation 17 is rooted in Daniel 7. And then we have the four successive political kingdoms, like we've been saying. So to say here that the seven head means seven kings, Revelation 17, 9-10, that will mean seven kingdoms. And of course, we know that at the time of John's writing, Rome was then the embodiment of a persecuting world government with seven hills. And for the woman, a child to sit upon the beast with seven heads, which are several mountains, will mean the proper authority, the church, over Rome. You see that? Hallelujah. Okay. Now, we move on to Revelation 13 verse 1 again. This goes beyond merely looking at Rome now and the proper authority. For this beast has power over nations, tribes and tongues. Revelation 13, 7 to 8. 16, 13 to 15, 17, 1 to 3, and verse 15. It said, The, the sea with that saw the woman seated upon, and nations and tongues and kings. Can you get that? Praise God. Now, and we that the first of this beast, we saw that the first of the beast, Revelation 1, I mean Revelation, combines in itself, the first beast, combines in itself the joint characteristics of the four beasts of Daniel's vision, meaning this first beast stands for the combined forces of all political rule opposed to God in the world. And since this beast is a composite beast, it is therefore the summation and embodiment of the whole world power of political dominion from the beginning as it reveals itself in the final outcome and hence his influence over all nations. Did you get that? Not just a little sphere of a one-time Roman government. No, this is beyond all tongues, tribes, nations, and, and powers. That's what we're talking about now. And so the seven heads equals five world political powers of Egypt, Assyrian, Babylon, Medopatian, and Greece, plus Rome. The sixth Rome that was in power in the days of John. Now, this is the meaning of there are seven kings, five are fallen. Where are the five? Starting with Egypt down to Greece. Five are fallen. And one is which was Rome then, and the other is yet. That's Revelation 70 verse 10. You need to understand this now. When in Revelation 70 verse 10, it talks about five of these heads are fallen. Right? It speaks of the five wide political powers of Egypt, Assyrian, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. Then down to Rome. Rome was the sixth power when John was writing. When he said the other one have not yet come, it was just referring to no other person than the Papa of the Vatican City Authority. That was the one that had not yet come into place when John was writing. It was the Vatican city of the power authority of exarchical power. Then it has not yet appeared when John recorded the revelation. And when he finally came up, she gave birth to so many daughters. And so, Revelation 17 verse 5 calls her mother of harlots. And you know how many churches sprang out 
of the Roman Catholic Church, if you will. That's why they boast themselves as being the mother of all churches. You understand that? Amen. Now, the eighth king, which is a scarlet colored beast, is a product or a power that emerges out of the previous seven. Can you get that? A composite of the persecuting government. You see, it's a combination of all. It's like he took all of his powers and antics from the previous government. So you find this Revelation 17, 3 and verse 11. And for the woman to be riding upon this colored, colored base means that the union of the state, which is political power, and the false church system. you got to understand this again. The beast is the political system. The woman is the church. The woman riding on the beast simply means this church have dominion over this beast. Did you get it? And it causes scarlet colored. Now you must understand that scarlet colored is the nature of sin. So we're talking about the sinful nature of this political power being operated or ruled over by this woman. Because that's what it stands for in Isaiah 1 verse 18. If your sin be as red as crimson, I mean, and as scarlet, you remember that? Good. I'll make them as white as wool. So this woman riding on scarlet colored beast is talking about operating in sin and ruling this beast, which is a political power. Hallelujah. Alright. Now, so now, the beast is not just one particular person, not the government of Rome anymore. Neither is the woman just the Roman Catholic Church alone, but rather all government and system of religious power that Satan and man have used and is using and will use to persecute God's people. This is what we are dealing with. Hallelujah. This is not just one person anymore. We're talking about the woman now, it's not just the Roman Catholic Church now, but rather all governmental system of religious powers, a union that Satan and man have used and is using and we ever use to persecute God's people until his end shall come. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing it? So now, the image of the base we find in Revelation 13 verse, verse 15 again, which says, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many I will not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Is that okay? Now we see that the beast that gave life into the image of the beast is the lamb beast from the earth. Verse, verse, verse 11. The lamb beast from the earth. Now when you say the lamb, what does that mean? The Lamb is Christ. So the Lamb is, is a false Christ. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. So we see that the Lamb beast that gave life unto the image of the beast, that whoever does not worship, that we are talking about a false system giving authority to political power. So and this will not be false ministries, the Lamb beast, Whose means of securing power for the false beast is through the spirit of religious deception. False prophets, unclean spirit. Bible says, out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Like you find in Revelation 16 verse 13, 19 and verse 20. So, 
Just as Satan is the deceiver of the whole world, Revelation 12 verse 9, so also the false prophet, which is a body of people, not just one man now, is a body of people that become deceivers of the inhabitants of the earth. Just like you see Christ being the head of a body, even so, when you talk about the first prophet in this content, it's not dealing with just an individual, but a body of people operating in deception to deceive the inhabitants of the earth. These are the all spiritually minded people. These are the people he deceives or they deceive. Revelation 13, verse 12 to 15. You can read that again. Now, on the historical level, in the days of John's writing, there were emperor worship and Roman coins generally bore the image and the name of the current emperor. So, refusing to use such coins severely hinders one's ability to buy or sell. Like you find in Revelation 13, verse 17 again. In Asia Minor, and these emperors were often pictured as golds and coins. If you don't have these coins, you can buy or sell. That's just what he's saying. Understand this point now of the issue of not buying or selling if you don't have the image. So, all of the emperors that have those, any emperor that comes to power, they will meet coins with their image, their picture on it. Now, if you don't have that now, you won't be able to buy or sell. So we find that the zealots who rebelled against Rome in AD 66 and 70 refused to carry, look even upon, or produce coins carrying any sort of image. And this belief and practice was strictly based on the interpretation of Exodus 20 verse 4. They considered the images and the inscriptions of the Roman coin as idolatrous, which parties, if accepted, were attracted divine judgment. This again was there. What I mean by taking the mark of the beast will prevent you from buying or selling. What am I saying? If you don't take, you won't sell. So the zealots were having a hard time because they were not carrying the image of the beast, the pictures, the coin. Are you getting that? So this again is what we are talking about. When we say not taking the mark of the beast will prevent you from buying and selling. These people, the zealots, they refuse to pick up those coins because to them, Exodus 20 says you can, 20 verse 4, you don't have to take any, any, any image, any graven image. And to them, those are graven images. So they can't make use of it. They can't handle it. They can't use it for anything. Amen? So it was difficult for them. But they revolt against Rome in AD 66 and 70. Are you following me? So for us today, for instance, do we have a single individual or power with a single currency? We would we, 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 we trade all over the world. Is there any single currency? The dollar is not the, the single currency that everybody is using. No. Though is there in a way in terms of exchange rate. What about the pan? What about the yen? We have all currency all over the world. You see, when God created nations, He gave them independence. And every nation 
has your currency that they're using. So the issue of if you don't have the currency, you buy and sell. You tell me which currency are we not going to have now or we must have before we can buy and sell. There is none. Absolutely none. And it's not going to be possible for any nation to produce a currency that the whole world will finally begin to use. Therefore, if you don't have that, you buy and sell. No. It's not going to happen. Ecowas nations have been struggling to have the eco-currency, a common currency for Ecowas states. Up to date, they have not even come to fruition. Why? Because all the nations are also protecting their own economy. You have to understand this. They are independent. They can only come to agreement before such a currency can come into play. But now every one of them is struggling to protect their economy. And some economies are so bad, so they are also finding it difficult to say, okay, how can we agree to begin to use one common currency when this currency is so low? A lot of things are playing around and making it difficult for the eco-currency to come into force. So it's not going to be easy for any power, any, any, any government, to bring forth one single currency that the whole world is going to use, I beg to tell you, it's not going to work. Praise the Lord. Now, where we cannot find that, it means that we truly can't be afraid of any mark that will prevent your buying or selling. You can't. It's not going to work. Don't even target to the chips they are talking about. They'll be having all of this few years ago, this thing came up. Chips are going to be planted in people's body. They're going to use the best mark of the beast to monitor you. It's all just foolishness. We don't know what we are doing. We are just afraid for nothing. In fact, we're going to be pursued by our shadow, which is our own ignorance of the things of God. Hallelujah. I told you in the last broadcast... Those who want to destroy this earth, God himself shall do what? Shall destroy. Don't forget that. Rest your mind on this single fact. It's not going to work. No one man will rise. Think about it today. Everywhere you see, look at ISIS that was trying to come up. What happened to it now? I mean to that state that was coming up. The Islamic state. It's all gone. You see what I'm saying? No one world power will rise again. I want to say it. The only world power that is going to rise, that is rising now, is God's kingdom. Hallelujah. God's kingdom. No other one. Now, but don't forget this part. As it relates to us in our daily lives. All such associations, as traders association, Gary Sellers Association, Mechanic Association, Motor Vehicle Union Association, that fix prices for others to buy or pay, are inadvertently enforcing the mark of the beast. <laughs> you can, you can, it's right there with us. You see, go to the market. Oil sellers have their own association. Gary Sellers have their own association. Vehicle has their own association. Motor parks, house, bus drivers, unions, all of them have their own association and they dictate the price. That's what we're saying. They are enforcing advently what is called the mark of the beast. And so it has been with us. So it's nothing new, man. It's there. 
You've been you've been walking in it. You've been you've been living with it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, the, the buyers have no freedom of choice to buy or pay. So they've been with us all along. You go to the motor car, they tell you how much to pay. They fix the prices. They go to any time. They go to. I mean, think of even barbers have union to go cut your hair, get a haircut. That's how much you must pay. Barbers union. This is mark of the beast. They determine how you pay. The barbers have no freedom to determine for their own customers what they must know. They bill you based on the union fee or tariff. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This thing has been there. We just don't understand. We're always looking at, oh, Revelation 30, Mark of the Beast. We're looking at one man and the beast system has been operating right in the front of our house. We're right there. Every day we're suffering from the Mark of the Beast. You see what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So get out right. All those associations, Barbers Association, Drivers Association, Motorpark and Bus Owners Association, any union you see operating and determining what people can do or, or to get their services, they are all operating the mark of the beast. Amen. And even if you buy your vehicle, think about it. If you buy your vehicle now and you want to put on the road, you want to put it as a taxi on the road. If you don't join the union, you can operate your taxi. Can you see that? I mean, this thing is right there. We, we're going through it all the time. Praise the Lord. Now, Revelation 13 verse 2, 12 verse 9 again. We've been told of the beast receiving power from the dragon. Verse 3. Now says, I saw one of his head wounded. And I want you to begin to look at this. Very interesting. Beyond the recovery. But the fatal wound was healed. All the world marveled at this miracle. And followed the creature in air. This is from the living Bible now. Let's go to Revelation 13. Right? I saw that one of his head seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound has healed. All the world marveled at this miracle and followed the creature in air. They're just wondering what, 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 how did it come? Now, people have believed this to be a recovery of the Roman Empire after a temporary setback because of the schisms among his emperors. But what really wounded his head? Or the head of this beast. In verse 14 we are told. Is the sword. The sword. It was wounded by the sword. Fatal wound by the sword. And of course we do know that. The sword is the word of God. Hallelujah. Revelation 12, 16. Ephesians 6, 17. Hebrews 4, 12. The sword is the word of God. So this is where it becomes interesting. So you see. There is a serious war going on between darkness and light, the true gospel of Christ and the false gospel of Satan, with the strong doctrines of the earth today. Now, historically speaking, where was this confederated political and ecclesiastical power of Rome wounded? It was when Martin Luther, 1483-1546, came up with the revelation truth of the jaw shall live by faith. Amen. 
producing an era of spiritual enlightenment and reformation when in October 13, 1517, he nailed his 95 theses on the church door at Wittenberg as he challenged to debate the abuse of indulgences of Pope Ox. Amen? Who could not stop him? Record has it that Luther in his second day in the Diet of the Worms, 18 April 1522, I mean 21, made the greatest speech that shook the world. The ending of which in his reply speech reads, Unless I'm convinced by the testimonies of the scriptures, or by the clear agreement that I'm in error, for poles and cancers have often erred and contradicted themselves, I cannot withdraw. For I'm subject to the scriptures, I have quoted. My conscience is captive to the word of God. It is unsafe and dangerous. Here I am, I stand. I cannot do otherwise, so help me God. Praise the living God. And what followed this powerful revelation that God gave to Luther? But went through the entire universe. It came forth such a powerful spiritual liberation in all realms and the life of people all over the world. This wonderful revelation that came through Luther, as God declared it, shook the whole universe. And there was this powerful spiritual liberation in all realms in the life of all people all over the world. E.g., the advancement of the natural sciences. Germany now became enlightenment of civilization. Heaven light, limelight of civilization broke forth in Germany. Konzinzendorf, who lived between 700 and 1760, followed suit with this powerful spiritual revolution of the world. With the Moravian Missionary Church establishing 100 years of continuous prayer meetings. Powerful. So there was this massive revolution that was going on. After Luther made his wall, Zindadov followed suit. Heavy enlightenment revolution. Man, this is where the industrial revolution broke forth. It came through the revelation of the word of God. Through Luther. Amen. Now what followed the heel of this move of God? The godless angels and country. The seed of the serpent came up with their own human philosophy. You can look at Colossians 2 verse 8. Once again, the beast head, the ecclesiastical pile of Rome that was wounded was healed. You look at that? That's what we're talking about. Germany that was so much in the limelight of civilization became 90% the taste and agnostics. Then came the bloody, bloodthirsty Antichrist Hitler with a move to stamp out all the Jews and all forms of godliness. Russia took off with communism. Karl Marx was a friend to Hinger, who was a German Jew, who finally had backslidden from the faith. They begin to spit out these, these antichrist messages, these teachings that there is nothing like God. So communism sprang up, 
Russia moved on. And all of this thing came up after the mighty industrial revolution and the enlightenment that broke forth after Luther made his speech and brought forth the word the Jerusalem by faith. You see the place of the power of the word of God. If truly we believers can stand and proclaim the mind of God as is revealed to us in season and out of season. We see light in the world. That's why the Bible says you are the light of the world. Now we are afraid of the mark of the beast. Instead of being the one to produce light, to give people emancipation from darkness, we are scared. Still scared. I mean, we hide any holes. We don't even know what to preach. We don't even know what we're talking about. All our messages today is all water because we're just afraid of that which is called the mark of the beast. Oh, Bill Gates is signing in. Oh, G5 is coming up. Oh, vaccine with a chip on it. We're so scared to death. Steve death. No light, no revelation. Nothing. But Martin Luther broke the head of the beast in his days. Zindagov took off. Light broke forth in Germany. Powerful revelation that men begin to move on the light until Angel and Katie came forth. And finally, Germany went back into darkness. 90% of people become a taste, and the communist Russia all sprang up. But again, I tell you, where is the Berlin Wall? I mentioned that before. I'm telling you that nothing that man has put in place that we stand forever is practically impossible. All of those walls. Apart from maybe there's China today, but even in the midst of that, we still see the gospel penetrating. God is going to reach out to every soul if He will. No iron curtain is standing anywhere anymore. They are coming down. Praise God. Are uh, you still with me? So what killed the beast and his mark? That's the authority. It is the revelation of spiritual truth in an age, or in a continent, or a city. Or a local assembly for where it spreads out. This is what destroys the beast. What destroys the beast? Revelation truth. Like in the case of Martin Luther. Revelation truth. So sons of God should be sensitive to pick up the vibration of God's mind at any point in time. Make declaration in the spirit. And create a new atmosphere. That's what he said in the book of Isaiah. I place my word in your mouth to create the heavens and establish the earth. Praise God. Now, only for the first prophet of devil to come and stand against it through the false doctrine. When light begins to spring forth, this is what happens. Just like when Martin Luther came forth and all of those things. Angel, the king, Thomas, all of them begin to come forth again. Anytime revelation truth breaks forth, the next thing you see, false ministries come along. And begin to dilute the truth that God is projecting and propagating through his messengers. Then the power of the beast is revived again. So we have this vicious circle of wounding and healing of the beast, created the life of Satan and man until the final end. For God in his power in his people shall prevail. According to Acts 19:20, Psalm 60, verse 12. God shall prevail. God is going to have the final say. Hallelujah. Is that okay? Now, 666, the beast as man without Christ. I told us before, the number six is the number of the world, which is man. 
the universe was created on this on the, on the fourth day of the creation week that's why you have the four quarters of the earth right east west north and south that talking about the world four tires in a vehicle to balance the force of gravity that's the universe for you but man which is the world was created on the sixth day man was created on Caesar creation week like as far as the fall of the universe Seven is perfection or completeness, which is the number of God. Eight is the number of Jesus. Eight, eight, eight. That's why your keyboard, you finish all the keys, you come to the octave, it gives you a high pitch, a new beginning. The eight, the octave, of the key. And this speaks of new beginning. And nine is the number of the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? Good. Now, so when you look at number six, you find it 666, which is it, it, it occurs in units and tens and hundreds, like I said previous. It's the next neighbor to the sacred number, number seven, meaning six, falls short of perfection. John said the numerical number of Jesus, like we said in the Greek, is 88, telling us of that which exceeds perfection and starting all over. Nine, as I said before, is the number of the Holy Spirit. So here we find that six is continually falling short of perfection. Are you there with me? Man is never going to come to the place of perfection. What I mean is not godly perfection that they actually achieve their goals and aims as per what they plan. No, they will never be able to come to that because they are only falling short of completeness. Can you get that? Meaning that all that is in man apart from God and Christ will always fail. Praise the Lord. I want you to catch that. Six is short of one number with a short of perfection. So there is no way man can come to full realization of his goals in creation. Whatever he intends to do, never can come to perfection outside of God. Therefore, there is nothing that man will ever set forth to achieve that he will succeed in this life. None. Nothing. All we always fail. They are always in what scripture tells us that universe has given to the heart of man. In other words, man is always searching and searching and searching, but they can never and they will not be able to find an answer. No, not at all. Except for the things that are developed for the advancement of the kingdom of God. You know what? Scripture says knowledge shall increase. And I'm going to to mention that a little bit in the next broadcast. Daniel said knowledge shall increase. Now it's not just the knowledge of evil alone. It's also the knowledge of good. Of course today we're using the internet. That is knowledge. Today we can talk to the people across the ocean. Across the seas. Overseas. That is knowledge. Previous before now. No you are just limited within your sphere. The telephone today. You can think about. Pick up your telephone. You can com compare what is happening today. To this of the analog on the phone. Now you can use your internet. You can talk to somebody. You can video call. These are knowledge. Everything, and they are also for the use of the gospel. The gospel is moving forward today through the use of science and technology. So when Daniel said knowledge shall increase, it's not just knowledge of only evil things. Hallelujah. So that which advances the kingdom of God, God is going to approve. That's the simple truth. Amen. That is why he said, 
People need to understand God wants to use his own people to advance his kingdom and they can come through any form. First Kings 7.21 tells us a very powerful thing that I always tell people. When Solomon was building his kingdom, what happened? I mean the temple. He, 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 he had two, two pillars there. One is Jashin and one is Boaz. The Boaz is a man. The Jan is a, is, a, is a priest. So, you see, God needs two people. Now, these people also can come into the areas of science and development of things that God will make use of on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Now, I mentioned the man is given over to judgment. Don't forget that. So, there is no way man is going to come up with anything that is not advancing God's purpose on the earth and it will remain and abide and come to fullness? No. And there is a pause between the sixth and the seventh seal in the book of Revelation and the sixth and the seventh trumpet. You remember I told you that. The judgment on the wall are complete in six. Watch it. Listen to that very closely. Is that okay? Now, there is a pause between the sixth and the seventh seals in the book of Revelation. And then the sixth and the seventh trumpet. There's always a pause. Why? Because the judgment of the world are complete in six. But the fulfillment of the seven, the kingdoms of the world become the kingdom of our Lord and of Christ. Revelation 11, verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Oh, praise God. The kingdoms of this world, not one, the kingdoms of this world, all kingdoms are becoming the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Praise the living God. Don't forget, I'm telling you, there is nothing man is going to do that will survive if it's not to the glory of God. The toil of Babel fell, remember that? Genesis 11, so shall every season of man that we always come up will ever collapse. Call it G5 or whatever, anything done that is not for the advancement of the kingdom of God on the earth, it will come to nothing. Take that from me. Amen. The number 666 again. So let's look at it now. How does it manifest by man? Because I said man is a beast. The natural man without God is a beast. If you look at the book of Mark chapter 3 verse 20, just 20, 29, Scripture says, now this when Jesus does some miracles, heals some people. And then they were saying, he's in the spirit of Bezebub. And so what's the next thing? He said, verily I say unto you, Mark 3.28 All sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men and all blasphemy wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost have no forgiveness but the danger of eternal damnation. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In the case of Matthew chapter 12 you read he says if you sin against the Son of Man shall be forgiven but sin against the Holy Spirit he shall not be forgiven. Why? They said because they said he had an unclean spirit. So they were calling the Holy Ghost an unclean spirit. That's what it means that they shall not be forgiven. Now, now remember, we've even talked about the unpardonable sin. Is there really a sin that's unpardonable? I don't think so. Why you ask me? Because no matter what sin you commit, if you turn to the Holy Spirit, giving you conviction in your heart, you go to God, God is going to forgive you. Otherwise, 
How will Paul, who was a murderer, become an apostle? Praise God. The Bible said, no man can call upon the name of the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So any time you get convicted of the Holy Spirit and you confess Jesus, your sins are forgiven. So there is actually no unpardonable sin. The unpardonable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Simple. Are you there with me? Alright. They said all this, and he said you cannot, I mean, no sin shall be forgiven if you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they said he healed somebody using the spirit of Beelzebub. So they're using unclean spirit. This is what made him to make that statement. So why is the number in triple? I mean, why do we have 666? It ought to be six with the number of man. Because this is the number of the times man has rebelled or sinned against the revelation of the three personality of the Godhead in his work of redemption. Why is it 666? The number of times man has rebelled or sinned or rejected the revelation of the three personality of the Godhead in the work of redemption. When God revealed himself as Yahweh in order to redeem man, man says he's a God of the Jews. Then he came to man again as Jesus, son of God. Man says he's Jesus of Nazareth. And now he comes here as the Holy Spirit because God is saying no, no matter what you do I'm still going to get you I'm coming as the Holy Spirit I want to redeem you for your fallen state man is not saying there is nothing like the power of the Holy Spirit can you get that? now without the Holy Spirit you can get back to God so now we have the sin against the Father for 6 sin against the Son second 6 sin against the Holy Spirit Six. What do you have now? Six, six, six. The fullness of time man has rejected the redemptive power of God. Hallelujah. So that speaks of number of times a natural man has sinned against the Godhead. Praise God. That is, he has rejected God in extending his hand of love. To redeem the fallen man, knowing that man, the natural man, had no preeminence above a beast for all his vanity. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 19. So, how do you take the mark upon your right hand or your forehead? Because say, except you take the mark on your right hand or your forehead. Why must it be right hand or forehead? Now, in the Bible, Hand speaks of power. Hence we find that Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Which speaks of the place of power and of authority. Hallelujah. At the right hand of God. Therefore, every first ministry performing miracles is already having the mark of the beast. Why? For they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's what the Bible says. So the point is, if you're doing miracles, signs and wonders, and not in the spirit of Christ, you already have the mark of the beast. Hallelujah. 
So whoever is also under such ministries in obedience has also taken up the mark. Because remember, for we to roam, if we don't submit to the authority of the papacy, you cannot buy or sell. Who rise on the Roman power, you cannot buy or sell. Remember that? And you be excommunicated. It is the same thing. If you are under ministries that are false ministry, doing false miracles, proclaiming false messages, and you submit yourself to such authority, you've taken up the mark of the beast. That's how you take it up on your right hand. And if you're doing signs and wonders, you're doing miracles, anything you're doing, remember, look at what Jesus told them in the book of Mark. If your right hand will make you sin, cut it off. Why must it be your right hand? If your eye will make you sin, cut it off. It's better you enter heaven without hand, without eyes, than to have two hands. Can you see that? Why do you think the disciples, I mean, Jesus said out the disciples, because a man was doing signs and wonders, and they came to him and said, Hey, we saw a man using your name, and he's not with us, and we tried to stop him, because he's not with us. That's why Jesus launched into the parable and told them, Book of Mark, if your right hand will make you sing, cut it off. In other words, if the ministry gets into your head, hallelujah, your thinking is wrong, Peter, John, for saying you want to stop the man, for the man who is not against God is for us. You see what I'm saying? When he was dealing with the issue of hell, there, he was talking to his own people. So your right hand and your eyes, what is that? Has anybody plucked off his eyes once? Have you seen anybody who really plucked off his eye because he doesn't want to go to hell? Have you seen it? It's just talking of ministry. Your vision. If your vision is antagonistic against the work of Christ, if your vision is the one that is stopping people from attaining to Christ and the Godhead, you're going to hell. That's what he was telling them. Is that okay? The power, the authority you have, if it's blocking the way, it's like what Jesus would talk about the Pharisees. You have the keys of the kingdom. You're not that open. You're not that going. Not open for others to go in. The key of knowledge of the kingdom. The same thing. So he was telling Peter, if your right hand or James, if your right hand will make you sing, cut it off. Don't come telling me people are doing signs and wonder in my name because they are not among us. Your perception of ministry is wrong. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? That's what it means to take the, the mark in your right hand. The place of power. With what authority are you doing what you are doing? With what ministry? I mean, power are you operating your ministry? That's how you take the mark. Praise God. Then, how do you take the mark on your forehead? It's to operate in an earthly wisdom. As the forehead speaks of wisdom. James 3, 14, 15 says, But if you have bitter and and strife in your heart, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descended not from above, but is utterly sensual and devilish, the beast. Can you get that? Now you see people doing ministry today with envy, jealousy, in all manner of things. And yet they claim they are in the ministry. They've taken the mark of the beast on their forehead. That's the place of wisdom. The revelation they are teaching, the revelation is coming forth out of their mouth. Where is it coming from? With, with wisdom. Whose wisdom? Hallelujah. This is why you see the crown of thorns on the head of Christ. So that by his stripes you get your healing. But by the thorns 
on the head of Jesus, you get your mind healed. So that Christ now becomes your wisdom. That's why you see the ton of crown on his head. They whip his body for your healing. Pierce his side for the Holy Ghost. All of those things happen. By his stripe you are healed. But by the tons on his head, you have wisdom. The wisdom of God is revealed to you. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible begins to tell us that we've got Christ as our wisdom and sanctification and justification. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? Okay. So, if you begin to read now, now you, you, you begin to compare this. Revelation 13, Revelation 14. Two set of people. You see that? Look at it. You go to Revelation 14. Now, when you have this wisdom of God, when your mind is healed, you begin to think heavenly. You begin to have the consciousness of the Christ Spirit working in you. What's the next thing that happens? You move from the beast realm into the glorious realm of God. So, Revelation 14, you have the redeem of the Lord, the 144,000 man Zion. Bible said, These are they which were not defiled with women for their virgins. These were redeemed from amongst men, having been the first fruit unto God and the Lamb, the 144,000. Meaning they are not corrupted by the church system of men. That's what it means, not defiled by women, church system. The daughters of the mystery Babylon, the daughters of the beast that are riding upon the seven horns, that have many daughters. The Bible is about having the name of the Father written where? On their forehead. Praise God. Revelation 14. Therefore, in Revelation 13, you find the beast system and beastly natural man. And you just move over to Revelation 14, you find the Overcomers of the business system, the redeem of the Lord with godly wisdom and the character of God. For a name in the Bible means a nature and character. Now they have taken on the nature and the character of God in Christ. For Man Zion is the church of the living God. Hebrews 12, verse 22. Can you get the picture now? So the natural man in Revelation 13 is the beastly man. Walking with the beastly nature, manifesting false powers, having sensuals, wisdom that are earthly and devilish. But you just move on to Revelation 14, you have the 144,000. The multiples of 12. Remember I told you, 12 is the number of the kingdom of God. So you have the 12 manner of fruit, you have the 12 disciples, you have the 12 tribes, that's God's kingdom. So the multiple of 12 in thousands where you have 144. So the 144,000 are now the people that have received the nature and the character of God. They have overcome the beastly system in what? In their mind, in their heart, in, and in that which they do. The wisdom is not godly. The character is godly. The nature is godly. As a matter of fact, they are now bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Could you find in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 20? Now they have the fruit of the Spirit. Love. Long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, all of those things that begin to flow through their life. Why? Because they now have the character and the nature of God. They have overcome the beastly system. The mark of the beast is no longer upon them. Now they have the mark of Christ right upon them. How many of you remember, we've got to have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. 
Praise the living God. Are you following this? So summary is what am I saying? Anything done outside of Christ is the mark of the beast. The beast is not far to be found. It's between your eyeballs. Between your two eyeballs. That's where you find the beast. Your mindset. Your carnal nature. That's where you find the beast. Now you'll be asking me, Pastor, so why are you talking about G5? Isn't that the mark of the beast? I said before, this is not a big deal. Listen, we have used G1, G2, G3, G4. Don't you know that? Not quite long to ask you upgrade to G4. In your SIM card. Means so that you can have a faster speed. G5 is just a faster speed of the G4. That is just it. It's not just, it's not a mark of the beast. Because if G5 is a mark of the beast, then all of us have had a mark of the beast in the lower level. Because we have used G1, G2, G3, G4. You get what I'm saying? The 5G is meant to increase the speed from G4 to G5. And, you know, it's like increased on a very fast rate. That's all. So that they can be able to, uh, I mean, achieve their, their goal of the, of the artificial intelligence that they want to do. Where you can have vehicles driving themselves, all of those things. That's what they are just looking at. It's not going to do a mark of the beast. It's scientific discovery. But the fear is that it may have higher additive negative effect on humans. That is just uh, that is just because of the radiation. But according to Marvin C. Ziskin, professor of emeritus of radiology and medical physics, he said there is no basis to expect that G5 will cause adverse health issues provided exposure limits are respected. Simple. Are you there with me? Provided even your phone today, because what we're talking about, the phone you use have radiation. It has effect, negative effect. That's why it's not always good carrying the phone all the time, very close to your ear. Sometimes you say your phone is hot. Those are radiations. Fine. That's what we're saying. The G5 will increase those radiation, those radiology effect. We will come higher. Radiative energy will become higher. That's just what we're saying. So they're saying this will cause negative effect on people, health-wise. But this this professor is saying as long as the the the, the limit. Exposure limit is respected and put in place. You have no cause to be afraid of the G5. It's not a mark of the beast. Even now, some group of scientists have come together to find that it must not be launched until a solution is found against its effect on humanity. Praise the Lord. So, you don't have to cause be afraid of all of those things, man. Those are not, you see, you better be afraid of yourself. You are really, really the real beast. I'm telling you. You know what Jeremiah said? The heart of man is desperate, wicked, above all things. Who can know the heart? If the heart is, is wicked, above all things, that means wicked more than the devil. Why are you afraid of the beast and you're not afraid of your heart? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They asked me about the chips. Verses with the chip in it. What do you have to say about that? Well, again for me, get out of here. None of this thing can work except without, I mean, with the collaboration of the church again and some political powers. None of that in any way is a mark of the beast either. Be honest with it. None of that is a mark of the beast. 
Chips have always been there, yes, or less you say because they are not a human being. Your card, you use the bank, your banking card, your debit card, it's got a chip in it, isn't it? Is it because you say that being put on human being, that's why it's now a mark of the beast? The fact that you have a mark, I mean the chips on even your, your debit card that you use in your wallet, you're carrying the mark, you're carrying the chip. So what is that supposed to mean? A beast? No. You use all these things all the time. But I'm even saying this is not going to work. Hallelujah. My own consolation all along and all the time is anything that will not advance the kingdom of God on the face of the earth, man, is just coming and collapsing at the same time. Praise the living God. So friends, come your nerves. God is on the throne. Hallelujah. It's really now raining. There is nothing like a mark of the beast that is coming from anywhere no mark of the beast, no beast is rising from any quarter. No, no, no. Revelation is not projecting anything that is coming tomorrow or that is coming now or that is part of the coronaviruses, whatever is the current, I mean, co co coronavirus and all of those things. It's none of that. Hallelujah. Calm your nerves, people. Just relax. Concentrate. Seek the face of God. I probably will share a little word with you in the next broadcast. And the issue of the coronavirus virus. And then we'll move on to the world of Armageddon. Because somebody asked me that recently. Because that is part of what people are looking at. The end of Armageddon. That's the next thing that's going to come. Gog and Mago. That's where Armageddon is going to be fought. We'll take a look at that. So that you understand what Armageddon really stands for. Praise the living God. Bless you. Love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.